Welcome to the Kingdom Revival Culture Podcast, keeping you in touch with Faith Mountain Fellowship Church in Red River, New Mexico. You know, the love that Jesus Christ calls his body to is an amazing, everlasting, unconditional love. And this podcast is just one of the ways that you and I can build each other up in that love. So to start, just enjoy this message, and then please contact us with prayer requests, feedback, or anything else you'd like to discuss at fmfcpodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from everyone interested in helping create a kingdom revival culture. Psalm 133 verse 1 says, How good and pleasant it is when people, uh, God's people live together in unity. Um, and I want to be talking to you uh, this, this morning about unity. Uh, if you were here last week, and a lot of our people aren't, because all the guests are now coming into town, and so a lot of our people are ministering all around the community and the region. So uh, we pray blessings over them, and we thank you guys that are visitors for coming and being a part of this. Um, last week I was talking about flowing in the rhythm of God, and what does that really look like? Uh, I was driving out, a lot of you guys probably drove in from Texas or Oklahoma, I was driving from uh, Cimarron to Raton uh, a couple weeks ago, and there was a big, big windstorm, 50, 60 mile an hour winds, and and the Lord started speaking to me about, um, I was getting blown around, you know, and we've all been there, right, especially driving out across that section you get that crosswind, and, and when I got to Raton and I headed southeast, all of a sudden I had a tailwind, and, and it went from being loud and noisy in my truck, and I was fighting it, and it was, it was really difficult driving conditions. All of a sudden, it was like the car was driving itself. It was dead quiet, and the Lord told me that He gave us a picture of that's what it's like when we're flowing and operating in the rhythm of God. When we've got our eyes, our focus is on Him. He said, it's all about the way you're facing. And though we're in the midst of a massive windstorm, 50 and 60 mile an hour winds, it's dead calm in the car and in the midst of storms in our lives. And we're all going through different, different storms and, and trials and tribulations throughout our lives. We don't have to always be getting blown around. It doesn't have to be a fight. How many of you are ready to not have to fight when you go through trials and, and tribulations? Well, the Bible says we don't have to do that. We can, as long as we'll keep our eyes on Him, regardless of what's going on around us, we can, we can function in His rhythm and in His flow if we just are willing to keep our eyes on Him. And so I was preaching about that last week, and while I was in Amarillo, I was doing a little retreat. The Lord began to speak to me about our church. And one of the things he told me, he woke, I woke up in the middle of the night, I looked at my clock, and it was uh, 3.32 in the morning. And I've been preaching, the Lord has been doing the, to me, uh, waking me up and, and showing me these numbers for the last month and a half. And I was like, oh man, 3.33, because that's, three is the number of completion and, and perfection and all these different ones, and three of them in a row is a special thing. And I woke up and I was like, oh, I missed it by just that much. And I, I laid my head back down for just a moment, and the Lord's, I looked back at the clock, and it was 3.33, and the Lord said to me, He said, um, you're that close, you're less than a minute away, and in God's time, who knows what a minute means, um, from unity. 
And I know enough about unity. I've studied the Word and walked with the Lord long enough that we know when unity moves in, lives get changed, right? When the body of Christ begins to function together as the body of Christ, then all of a sudden, lives begin to get changed. And so, amen? Okay, good. So I'm gonna, this is going to be an audience participation thing, I hope. So um, one of the things the Lord's been talking to us for the last, for pretty much all winter long is right now, not, I believe not just here, not just regionally or nationwide, but worldwide, there is a spiritual drought going on that spoke of in Amos 8, and it's a drought for hearing the words of God. And if you think about what's going on in our nation, what we see going on all over, these shootings and all these horrible things that are taking place, what, what we're seeing is a spiritual drought where people are no longer hearing the Word of God or the words of God. Um, and so we've been praying and asking God, what does that look like? What do we do about that? Um, and the Lord has been speaking to us is, if the drought is they're not hearing the words of God, then what should the body of Christ's response be is we should be pressing in and trying to hear God, not only for ourselves, but for the people around us. Do you agree with that? Okay, and so if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to Amos 8 and read that, and you'll, you'll, it's about halfway through the chapter. I can't remember the verse right now. But he speaks of this spiritual famine, and I believe that we're in that right now. And so we're trying to hear God right now for how we can have an impact, not only in our, our communities, but in our, in our region, but our nation and our world. And so one of those things the Lord started talking to me about was unity. And so we're going to talk some today about unity um, and how the Lord is saying that it's so close, but I really believe we're going to have to press in, we're going to have to fight for that unity. And so uh, we're going to kind of, and how many of you have heard at least five messages on unity in your life? Yeah, (laughs) you know, at least five, if not many more. Uh, (laughs) Amen. Amen. this is probably not going to go the same way that most of them have, all right? So just trust me on that. But let's start off by reading um, all of Psalm 133. So we're going to start in verse 1. It says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. And in verse 2 he says this, It is like, okay, so he's given us a picture of what unity looks like. Okay, so it's good and pleasant when people live together in unity in God's, in God's people, okay? It's like precious oil on the head, running down on the beard, running down on Aaron's beard, down on the collar of his robe. So that's a picture of unity, okay? So think about where did it come from? It came from God. The, the oil represents the Holy Spirit, but it's always going to start at the top and flow down, according to Psalm 133 is unity starts from God. He starts when we begin to get our eyes on Him, you know, our one-on-one relationship with Him. When we begin to function in unity with Him, it's impossible for us to stay in unity with Him without starting to function in unity with the people around us. Do you understand that? Does that make sense to you? Is if I'm in the rhythm of God and I'm flowing in the rhythm of God and I'm in, I'm in connection with Him and I'm facing Him and you're flowing in the rhythm of God, then we're going to be moving in the same direction. Ephesians 1 tells us, and I, I talked about this last week, Jesus is coming back and He's coming back to bring unity to 
everything on heaven and earth. He's coming to bring all this back into unity. That is what Jesus is returning to do. He's coming to bring everything in creation on heaven and earth back into unity. All right, and so we're all supposed to be focusing, but it starts from a relationship with God. It starts with each one of us getting our eyes on Him and beginning to focus on what He has for us. And then when Trinity's doing the same thing and when Brian's doing the same thing and Cecilia's doing the same thing, all of a sudden the body of Christ starts coming together and starts flowing in the, right, in the same direction. It does not mean that we have to agree with each other on everything that's out there. Amen? We don't have to, I don't have to agree with you on every doctrinal issue that's out there. And, and I'm going to get a little deeper into that in just a few minutes. But the anointing, the, the unity starts from the head. And this picture is this oil, the Holy Spirit flowing down. And it starts at the head. And Christ is the head of the church. And it flows down onto the body of Christ. Okay? That makes sense? Yep. Okay, so... The next picture he gives us is verse 3. It's as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. Now, uh, Hermon is a, a group of mountains in Israel. It's a mountain range. Um, and then we have Mount Zion, and this dew is a picture of moisture and life flowing down. Again, a picture coming from, from heaven to earth. And, and Jesus tells us to pray. What? Pray for his kingdom to come and his will to be done here on earth as it is in heaven. So it's, it's a picture of that flowing down. And then we have the famous last uh, sentence of this, for there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. Where does he bestow his blessing? At Mount Zion? No, he's talking about where the people of God come together in unity with God and with each other. Are we okay with that? Yep. All right, good. So I'm going to turn over to John chapter 17. And we're going to get into that here in just a few minutes. But Monday morning um, is when I usually sit down and start working on my sermon, start kind of, I already have some ideas usually what I'm talking about, but I start putting it together. And this particular Monday, it was kind of hectic and, and some things were going on in the office. And so I finally got sat down and started working on it. And, and, and I had, I don't know, I'd been working on it five, ten minutes, ten minutes maybe. And all of a sudden I realized that I had not stopped and prayed about the sermon, about the message. Now, when I do that, I pray in the Spirit, because I don't know what God wants to tell you. But I can come up with messages of my own, but they're not going to be what God wants you to hear. And so I stopped, and I started to pray in the Spirit, and as I was praying, and this is what I do before every message, before I work on every message, uh, and the Lord just stopped me, and he said, I want you to tell the people about this praying in the Spirit. And I was like, well, I thought I was supposed to preach on unity, you know. And, but I've learned not to argue with God. It rarely goes well for me. Um, amen. amen. <laughs> Some of you can definitely say amen to that. Amen. And so what I want to do is I just want to take a moment... And I want to talk to you about what uh, a prayer language looks like. And one of the reasons that I believe God brought this up, I didn't know it at the time, was the gifts of the Spirit is one of the things that divides the body of Christ in a really, really bad way. And it's been going on for a long time. And I told you a minute ago, is unity does not depend on me necessarily agreeing with everything that Brian says or Brian agreeing with everything that I said. It, it's deeper than that. 
It's, it's a relationship. We're going to read about it in John 17. But uh, what the Lord told me was, is when you're praying in the Spirit, you're accessing the Spirit. In other words, uh, I'm, I'm, when I pray in the Spirit, I'm no longer praying with my mind. What I'm doing is I'm opening my mind and saying, okay, God, it's yours. And I'm letting Him who lives in me pray through me. Okay, and praying in the Spirit most of the time is not designed to be a public display. That's tongues. That's a whole different thing. Um, and those are, and Paul, if you have more questions about this, I'd love to talk to you. You can sit down and read in, in 1 Corinthians uh, 10, or no, 14, verse, uh, chapter 14. Um, anyway, the Lord said it's, it's how we access uh, or we tap into the Spirit and he said, it's like taking this computer right here, okay? Uh, all of you have a cell phone, or most of you, right? With that phone or that computer, uh, we have access to knowledge throughout the, from the web. You can look up anything, right? I mean, there's, you can look up anything. You have power with this phone or with, this, with a computer now that we've never had before. Uh, you can look at the weather. You can, I can look up Greek words. I can, you know, it's amazing what we can communicate across, you know, clear to Argentina and be live. It, all those things are at the touch of, of, a, of a computer or a phone right now. But until we turn it on or until we go to the web or whatever, we have to open it up. And that's what praying in the Spirit is. It's getting rid of my thoughts and saying, Holy Spirit, I'm going to let you pray through me, and it's not going to be in English. Uh, I had an interesting thing happen Saturday morning. Laney and I, uh, we got up, you know, actually, Laney was already up. I wasn't up yet. It was pretty early in the morning, and we got a phone call. And uh, for you visitors, we lose cell phone and internet recently. We've been losing them for, it was for 24 hours at least. We had no cell phone. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had no internet and no cell phone. And this was the case Saturday morning. Yesterday morning is our cell phones were still were not working. So you can't, you know, most people don't even have landlines anymore. So you can't communicate. We happen to have a landline just for that reason. Uh, and the phone rang early, and that's never usually a good thing. And so I jump up, you know, and Laney was already up. And what we get is we get a phone call from our youngest son who's here, Josh, and thank God you're here. We're really happy. Josh was in a, in a serious car wreck, and um, he's got a pretty severely broken wrist. But praise God, um, no one was injured other than his, his wrist. No one else was hurt. Um, but, you know, that's not the news that a parent wants to get first thing in the morning. And so we talked with Josh. He's still pretty heavily medicated. They took him to the hospital. And, and, uh, and so his best friend and roommate brought him up here. Uh, but after I got off the phone and knew he was okay and, and, you know, he got a ticket for hitting a parked car. But, he, you know, he gets off late at night and has to drive. And Anyway, long story short, after I got off the phone, I was just praying and I was like, God, show me how to think about this because there's all the issues. Now he doesn't have a car and he can't get to work. And, you know, there's all these things that you think about as a parent. 
And I started to pray, and I'm like, God, show me how to think about this. And I want to encourage you guys. That's the first response. When our eyes are on Him, and things are not going the way that we think they should, when we're flowing His rhythm, what we're doing is going, show me what to think about, instead of getting caught up in, what about the insurance? What about his car? Because he didn't even know where his car was. They towed it, you know, because it was wrecked. And anyway, all those things were taking place. <laughs> and the Lord took me to the weirdest thing. He said, Go to the love chapter. And I said, okay. Because, you know, love responds in a different way than fear or our flesh. Is that right? And the first thing love, the first thing this thing says, and I immediately know what he was telling me is, is you know, love is, it, he's given me a description. I didn't have to read the chapter. I just knew in my mind, but I did go to it. But it was, you know, hey, you're not going to respond in fear you know, this is what love does. This is how love responds. But when I opened the Bible and started to read it, in fact, I'm going to jump over there real quick. Um, 1 Corinthians uh, 13, and I'm sorry I didn't tell Tori ahead of time, but I just real quick want to uh, show you the first sentence of 1 Corinthians 13, 1. Is it up there? Oh, she's faster than I am. Read that to yourself for just a second, that first verse. Now, I wasn't thinking about my sermon, obviously. I was concerned about my son. But listen to this first verse. If I speak in the tongues of men or angels, but do not have love, I'm only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. And what the Lord showed me in that moment was something I had never seen before, I'd never really thought about before is I believe when I'm praying in the Spirit, I may, the, the Spirit may be speaking in the language of angels so that He can disperse angels and give them direction to go and do something. I, I'd never thought that. I'm not positive that's what it is, but when I read that verse for the first time, I thought, wow, that's something I've never thought of, is maybe God is speaking to angels, sending them right now and dispersing them to go and do something for Josh or go... And, he worked everything out and got Josh up here. He was here by 7 o'clock last night. Um, and so praying in the Spirit is something that's been divisive in the body of Christ for a long time. Um, but the gifts of the Spirit, uh, the Bible says when you're baptized in the Spirit, that means you're immersed in the Spirit, fully immersed. And, and you just, it's something you choose. It's not something, uh, it doesn't make me better than someone else. It doesn't. It just means it's, it's a gift. See, Ephesians 1 says that uh, God has given us every spiritual blessing. He's, he's got those spiritual blessings stored away for us, and he's releasing those for us when we need them. Every spiritual blessing in heaven is stored up in heaven for us, right? And I, I'm not quoting exactly. But you understand what I'm saying is, is praying in the Spirit uh, is simply a way to let God pray through your, through your mouth. And the Lord wanted me to show this for some of you, maybe. Um, I heard a pastor that did this uh, in one of the big churches in Amarillo, um, at Trinity, actually. Um, he, he, the Lord just showed me this morning, or yesterday, I'm going to pray in the Spirit for just a second. It's not a public display. It's not meant for that. It's, it's usually a private thing. Most of the time, if you come up and ask for prayer, our intercessors, uh, they're praying in the Spirit, under, you know, but not out loud. It's not meant to distract people. 
It's supposed to allow the Spirit to pray through you. Uh, but I wanted to pray this morning just a bit in the Spirit so that if you see this and you're not used to this, you'll understand what's going on. Okay, is everybody all right with that? So praying in the Spirit is simply when you just stop. I usually close my eyes. I don't have to. But one thing I do have to do is I have to let my tongue work. I don't know why. My mouth can be closed, but it's something about God using my tongue to, to speak something out. So this is what it really looks like. And, and it's just, I just stop. And it's, I have no idea what God's praying. Somebody was getting, God was ministering or saying, speaking to somebody. I believe. I don't know. It's not my business. And so I want to, I know this is, we're talking about unity, right? I know we've kind of gone off on a little side trail, but why I wanted you to see that is because that's one of those things that has been stealing unity from the body for a long time, and it needs to stop. We just need to understand, if you don't want to pray in the Spirit, you don't have to. It doesn't matter. It's, it doesn't make me higher in, in God's hierarchy or make me better or smart. It's just a gift that I have access to and you have access to. And if you have questions, we'll be available at the end of the service to talk to you about that. Okay, is everybody all right? All right, good. Okay, so turn over to John 17. We're going to take a look. Uh, John 17 is where Jesus starts out praying for himself. He's getting ready to go um, to the cross. So he prays for himself first, then he prays for his disciples. Okay, and about halfway through that, I'm going to pick this up in verse um, 13. Uh, the first half of it really is specifically for the disciples, but the second half kind of begins to overflow on us starting in verse 13. So this is Jesus' prayer for his people, okay, for you and me. It's, right now we're going to be talking about the apostles for those first few verses, and then verse 20 it's going to be how he prays for us. But listen to this. He's, he's praying to the Father. He says, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. So his joy is going to be within them while Jesus is still with them. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them. For they are not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but you protect them from the evil one. So he's praying for the apostles. And, and I believe this is a prayer that's overflowing on us. Verse 16, they are not of the world even as I am not of it. Sanctify, well, that means set apart. Set apart them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. For them I sanctify or set myself apart for them that they too may be truly sanctified or set apart. So Jesus is praying for the apostles, and he's saying, I'm not, don't take them out of the world. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying protect them from the evil one. And he's praying that over us, I believe, as well. I believe that's an overflow of that prayer. But here's what I really want to get to is verse 20. This is the point of this whole message today. So please listen to this part closely. My prayer is not for them alone, okay? I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Now let me ask you a question. If you have a relationship with Jesus, you, have, you are included in that prayer. Is that right? Yes? Okay. Because you believed in Him. The message the apostles are bringing us is that Jesus died for us. He rose again. He's the only Son of God. 
You know, that's the message. The, the Bible says you believe with your heart and confess with your mouth, you will be saved. Okay, and so that is the core right there. That's what Jesus is praying. That's, that's, that's the picture or the overlay right there of who he's praying for. And guess what? He didn't say, if you believe in the gifts of the Spirit, then you're in this prayer. Or if you bl- this is going to... This is going to get me in trouble, I know. <laughs> he didn't say if you believe every word of the Bible is true. That's going to... He said if you believe in the message these apostles are bringing about me being, I died for you. He said my, this prayer is for you. Amen. And so that's what unity, that's the foundation of unity right there and there. Is yeah, I believe the word of God is, is completely true. And I believe that that's important that we understand that. But you know what, when I got saved... I didn't know if the Word of God was true or not. I just knew that I needed a Savior. And I cried out to Him, and, and I was born again when I said yes to Him. Amen. And that's what, that's what gives us that new creation. And then He teaches us these things as we go on from there. So, his, the foundation is those who believe in me. And then He goes on, He says, verse 21, that all of them... Who's he talking about? Us, right? All of us. That all of them may be one. Now he's going to give us a picture of what unity really looks like. So listen to this. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that, everybody say so that, the world may believe that you have sent me. Now, that would not have been my idea of why God wanted us, and I'm, I know there's a lot more reasons, but why God wanted us to walk in unity. I would have thought it's because, you know, we've got to love each other and lay our lives down, and, and obviously that's all true. But Jesus says he's seeing a bigger picture, and he's saying when the body of Christ walks in unity, a unity like you and I have, Father, he said the world will know that, I, that you have sent me. And so unity is a lot bigger than whether we can just get along with each other. It has a bigger impact in a world where they're spiritually not hearing the word of God and where there's chaos in our world right now. Would you agree with that? Amen. There's chaos out in the world. I don't think there's chaos in the church. I believe there's chaos out in the world. But worse, when we start to operate in unity, when we start be able to operate the way that... Christ is in God. That word in is really interesting because uh, we were talking about it Monday morning. Uh, Gentlemen, again, I encourage you, 6.30, we have prayer breakfast. We Tomorrow morning, we eat together, we pray together, and we get into the Word and really study it. And there's just uh, so much that I get out of that, and I know the other guys that show up. But what Pastor Wayne was talking about is he said there's something in this word in Something about Christ being in the Father and the Father being in, in Christ. And so when we got done with that Monday morning, I looked that word up in the Greek. I, started, I looked for the word in, in the Greek and in the Hebrew, and guess what? It's not there. <laughs> they don't have that word. And so that's one of those words in the Bible they add to the text because the Greek and Hebrew language is so different than ours that... They have to add words to make sense for us. 
And so I'm like, okay, God, what does this look like? And, and I felt like you said, just look up the meaning of in. So I went, okay. So I went to the dictionary and I looked up the word in. And I want to read this to you. I know you guys were all dying to know what this meant. So here it is. All you that were praying today, he's going to talk about what the word in means. As the preposition, in means expressing the situation of something that is or appears to be enclosed or surrounded by something else. In other words, living in deep water. You take, take this glass of water, take something like a coin or whatever and drop it in there. It is in the water. It is completely surrounded and enclosed. So the picture of Jesus and the Father is they are completely, each one of them is completely surrounded. They're, it's hard for us to understand that, but they are completely in unity. They are, one is in the other, the other is in us. And his prayer is that we will be in unity the way that the Father is with the Son. Everybody agree with that? Yep. Okay, so. But you wish I had, you had this glass of water, huh? <laughs> but there's another couple meanings to Ian that I thought were, were appropriate. One of them is a state expressing a state of condition like to be in love you know remember when you first got married or fell in love with somebody it's like man everything your world was surrounded by them you know you were just into that and so that's a picture of love but here's the one I really want to get to the adverb expressing now listen to this expressing movement with the result that someone or something becomes enclosed or surrounded by something else so I believe when Jesus prays right here May they also be in us so that the world may believe. And up above that, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us. You know what? It's going to take a movement to get the body completely immersed into the Father and the Son. Do you think we're there right now? I think we're moving there. Jesus said, I'm coming back for what? A pure and spotless bride. And the spots, one of the big spots on the bride has been disunity and division. Would you agree with that? And Jesus is saying, I believe he's coming back pretty soon. I mean, I know he is. Sooner than he was yesterday anyway. (laughs) That's another thing that we divide. I mean, there's all kinds of things we divide. but, But the Spirit of God is calling us to begin to move together. And it starts by being in relationship with Him. It starts by me keeping my eyes on Him. My walking in unity with my wife, walking in unity with my family, which we'll talk about next week, if Lord willing. But it's this idea that it's God is moving us as the body of Christ, as believers, into Him, and we're going to come. We're going to come as a group. Are you okay with that? Okay, good. Oh, good. I better hurry. I want to pray or read the rest of this to you. Verse 22. I've given them the glory. I don't know if you've ever contemplated this, but Jesus is saying, I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. You know what? He's given us his glory not to waste, not to, to, to use on our own pleasures. and It's to bring us together. I in them, and you in me, 
so that they may be brought to complete unity. That number three and that word complete work together. I and them and you and me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world, then the world will know that you have sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Wow, so there's a picture. Somehow there's a picture when we lock, lay, being willing to lay down our lives for each other, being willing to lay down with, hey, you know, I don't believe in the gifts of the Spirit. The church down the street doesn't believe this, or we don't, we don't like the color of the carpet. It doesn't matter because the key to all of this is that we are all in Christ because we believe the message the apostles brought to us. That's what brings the body of Christ together. Now, as you, there's a lot of different churches represented in here this morning, right? Uh, if, you, if you belong to a church, then yeah, there's, there is these doctrinal issues that you know, we begin to come into agreement on. But the body of Christ right now, if we're going to impact this world, which I know we are, then we're going to be walking in unity. And I'm going to be willing to lay down my life for my brother. I'm going to be willing to say, you know what, Jay? Jay is our worship leader starting a, a new work in Angel Fire. Just got it kicked off. Angel Fire is never going to be the same. And we're coming alongside him and blessing him. He's coming alongside us. He's our worship leader and he's, starting, he's the pastor of a new church. That is a unity. God is bringing those kind of things together. And it's so that the body, because we don't care. It's not a competition. I don't care if Jay has more people or I have what I care about is the people that the unchurched are being reached right now and their lives are being changed for Christ. And it, according to the Word of God, it depends on how you and I walk together in unity. Amen. So can we agree that we don't have to agree on everything? We just got to know that the main thing, keep the main thing the main thing, and that main thing is Jesus Christ is our Savior and our King and our Lord, and He died for you. Amen? Amen? That's a good word, isn't it? That's, thank you. So I guess the final question today is, I believe, by the way, this last little bit of time, whatever that is, before we see this move, and I believe it's going to start here regionally. I believe it's going to start in Amarillo and, and in Fort Worth. And, and I know God is, he's, the Holy Spirit is doing the same thing all around the country where there's, there's groups of unified body of believers. God is bringing them together, and he's, there's fires of revival getting ready to start. Uh, do you believe that? No, <laughs> I don't think you did. <laughs> I believe there's fires of revival starting all around this nation because God doesn't want to see this nation waste away. Amen? All right. And so you that are visitors here, you're going back, and I believe God's starting fires in your churches and in your communities and your regions because He has a call on your life. Amen. And so we got to just step back and ask the question this morning. I believe we do have to fight for this unity, by the way. But we don't fight in our own strength. We fight in His strength. Amen. We fight by loving each other. Amen. But the question I ask today is, is there anything standing in the way right now of, of just complete unity between you and God because it's got to start there. And then is there anything that would be standing in the way of unity between you and another brother?
Mm, we're talking unforgiveness, resentment, bitterness, all kinds of different things. God, it doesn't matter. This is not about guilt or condemnation, but you know, unforgiveness, regardless of what they've done to you, will kill the move of God every time. It, it's, it, see, we're not, we want to base we want to base forgiveness and, and resentment and anger and all the, you know all these things on the circumstances. Well, they, they did this to me. You don't know what they did to me. They don't, you know, Jesus said on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them because they don't understand what they're doing and they were killing him. He was willing to lay down his life and he says we need to be willing to lay down our life. So it's not about being right or wrong. It doesn't matter who's right or wrong. It's about a step of faith and saying, you know what, God, I forgive them because you forgave me. I forgive them because they believe the same message that I believe. And it's an act of love. And so I don't know where you're at. And it may not be unforgiveness. You know, who knows what may be I believe each and every one of us have these little barriers in our lives sometimes that, that divide us from other believers and we don't even know what they are sometimes. And so the Lord is starting to reveal those to me. And this week I'm thinking, I'm pretty clear, I'm in good shape here, God. <laughs> and I just see him smile and going, mm-hmm. what about this? I'm like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And so this is a time of reconciliation. I really believe that. I believe that's one of the things that will move the body of Christ right now is reconciliation. So we're going to ask our intercessors if you guys would come on up right now. Come on. And what they're here to do is to pray with you. They may be praying for you. You may be agreed. They may agree together with, with you for a loved one or a friend or whatever you need prayer. You may need healing. I believe there's people that need healing today. Physical healing. Um, But don't leave without at least asking the Lord, is there anything that's holding me back? Have I, the picture of the windstorm that I was in, every time I'd turn the truck, the road would turn just a little bit and I would get just a little bit crossweight in the wind and start, I'd have to start fighting it. And that some of us have been fighting the Spirit of God, the flow of God for a long time, and we're worn out. And God's saying, man, I I just want you to focus. I'll take care of all these things in your life if you'll just get in unity with me. And so these guys are here to pray with you. If you have questions about gifts of the Spirit or baptizing the Spirit or tongues or anything else, we'd love to talk to you about those. That's great. But more than anything, we want you to know that we love you and God loves you. And he has a call and a plan for your, your life. Amen? Thank you guys so much. So these guys are here. I highly, uh, you know, God's been working through these guys in amazing ways. We've been seeing miracles week after week as they pray for people. Uh, and so don't leave without giving that, that question, God, do I need to pray with somebody? And you can, by the way, the person sitting next to you has the same Holy Spirit as all of these guys, right? So we can pray for each other. See, these girls are going to pray for each other right there. I'm proud of you. <laughs> all right, we love you guys. Let me just pray a blessing over you. But I encourage you, please come up if there's anything you would like prayer for this morning. Father, we just thank you for this word and we believe, God, 
that this word is going out. Your word says that your word will not return void. We believe, God, that you're going to bring revival to this nation. Father, we believe that there's people that are starving in, in this spiritual famine right now, and they're not hearing you, they're not seeing you. But, Father, we're going to stand in the gap for them. But we realize that you have to stretch us, and, and we have to grow and expand. And so we just pray that, we pray that over this body and over this, the people here this morning and over this region that, God, you're going to touch lives in a way like never before. And, Father, we're going to see lives being changed. We're going to see hearts turning back to you. We're going to see the unchurched coming back to you, that relationship with you. And I pray covering and blessing over each one of us today. Father, I pray as we go out the doors that you will put those people in our lives, that we can share the good news of Christ. And I believe today, Lord, you're setting hearts free even now. And Holy Spirit, I just ask you to just begin to stir and speak. Stretch our boundaries, Father. Expand our territory and our tents, Lord, that we might touch more for you. And we give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, one last thing. I I just felt while I was praying, the Lord said, By the way, you can't do this in your own strength. You just got to rely on Him. Uh, God gave me a word a few weeks ago that has been so powerful for me. He said, no pressure. Think about that. No pressure. He's our Father. He's our God. He'll take care of you no matter what's going on in your life. I love you guys. God bless you. Have a great week. Thank you.